Hey, Point Way Church family, let's uh, begin today's message. Um, we're still in the book of Ecclesiastes, and so if you want to start tor- turning towards those later chapters, uh, 11 and 12, we're going to be focusing on 12. As promised last week, I, I said this is part two, um, as last week we did 11 as part one, which kind of brings it all together. And remember, Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. And again, this is Solomon at the end of his life. So he's got some gray hair, he's a little bit older, and he's wiser, and um, he was considered one of the, the smartest men on earth. Uh, it's one of the things that he asked for. And he also reigned um, over Israel for over 40 years, and it was a time of peace. Uh, his father David had done kind of all the battling for him, and he was given that, that slot of time in Israel's history where there was absolute peace. But with that peace and prosperity, um, Solomon gained lots of wealth. And he used a lot of that wealth to buy things and to build palaces. And in fact, his palace got bigger than the temple. Uh, a sad commentary that his value of worth um, became in material things. Uh, you can see how that easily can happen. Um, also, one of the other things about Solomon is he had many wives and concubines. Uh, that was not a wise decision. Uh, many said that he had peace in the land, but peace, he did not have peace in his own house, that he struggled with that. Um, also, some of those women that he brought into his palace uh, led him astray spiritually, and he got distracted um, from God from time to time, and then he struggled with that throughout his life. So Solomon writes these things, and Ecclesiastes is one of those uh, even though it's later in life, it's, it's one of the wisdom chapters. But you have to think of it that Solomon is passing on to his sons. And he did have sons, and they later on become kings themselves. But he's passing it on, and he's passing on that wisdom to that younger generation. One of the things I wanted to kind of clear up from last week in chapter 11, like I said, these two came together. I mentioned about banishing worry and anxiety away. And many of you commented on that and how that was a, an interesting phrase. And the more I kind of thought about that, that banishing is, is to, to send it away. And again, logically, we can, we can say that. And I wouldn't encourage you to do that in the moment because sometimes you probably don't think that way. Um, you're overwhelmed. But the banishing is like when it starts to creep in. You, you have the authority. You have the power as believers to kind of push it away, push it aside, to send it away. Say, God, no, I'm trusting God with this. I'm not going to worry about this. This is beyond that. And Solomon kind of speaks to that throughout chapter 12 as well. As he's getting older, he, he speaks to some of the things that just don't mean as much anymore. And I was thinking that kind of goes in conjunction with worry. Because we tend to worry about things that um, today it's important, but five years from now, it's not even a thought anymore. Also, one of the other things that when we worry, we tend to get kind of hung up and we look at different scenarios and we usually think of the worst case possible. And very seldom does it work out that way. Uh, Quite often we are surprised by how well it is. And so worry becomes a lot of energy and wasted anxiety and and trouble that we bring up on ourselves if we could take that captive early on. So just wanted to kind of touch base with that because you'll see some of that come through that some of the the worries of life kind of bear their way through in chapter 12. And so as we begin in chapter 12, again, like last week, I'm going to read through a few sections, uh, a few verses, and then we'll kind of go back and unpack them at that point. Um, I've titled 
today's message, and really it's kind of the theme for the whole book, but it's a God-centered worldview. Now, the opposite would be a worldview that doesn't have God in it, and we certainly see that in today's culture. But putting God first, God at the center, and if that's our view, it's going to change how we respond to things. It's going to change how we react to things. Um, So God first. And listen to chapter 12, verse 1 here. It says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of the grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of the dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire no longer is stirred, then man goes to his eternal home, and mourners go about the streets. I'm going to stop right there. And again, it, it, it's almost put to like music and like a poem, and it reads kind of back and forth. And as we know, as Solomon's other writings, uh, Proverbs is similar, Song of Solomon. Uh, These have that kind of back and forth, and wisdom is put in there in little signs. But this one particularly has a little bit more to it um, because it's a metaphor. And again, the metaphor is our bodies. And so if you kind of look at these verses now with that in mind, that he's really describing our bodies as we age, as we get older. Uh, I can certainly identify with that, those aches and those pains that, that come. I even joke, you know, Rice Krispies was a, a food that I used to eat, or cereal I used to eat in the morning as a kid. Now it's the sound that makes my body makes when I get out of bed. Snap, crackle, pop, everything's going back in place. Some of you are laughing right now because you can identify with that. But our bodies age, and they groan, and they moan, and things don't move like they used to. And so Solomon is, is reminiscing. He's going back through, and he, he's, he's saying this. He says, remember your creator, right? Remember God. God is first. He's the one that created us. He made our bodies the way he did. Um, but there are good days and there are bad days. There are good years and there are not so good years. But as we get older, we look at things differently. And so in verse 1, he says, I find no pleasure in them, Right? Sometimes it, they kind of all blend together. We lose sight of, of the good things. Our memory fades a little bit. Remember, I said he's talking about our body, so he's talking maybe a little bit about our mind here. Verse 2, it says, Before the sun and the light, the moon and the stars grow dark. Right? That's, that's probably referring to our, to our eyes. Right? How we see. As you notice, I'm wearing glasses now. I need them. I can't see to read fine print anymore. I also need them so I can see far away. Um, That's pretty common among older folks. And as our eyes, um, they don't distinguish things like they used to. So we need help. We need glasses now. Thank goodness for those. Uh, Definitely need those. But that's a sign of aging. Things grow a little bit dimmer. We don't see as much. 
Uh, it talks in verse 3 about the keepers of the house. They tremble. Strong men stoop and the grinders cease. Well, our strength, right, it fades. We don't have the strength of our youth. We're not as strong as we used to be. Now, many of us, we do things to kind of stave that off or to hold it off. We can work out and lift weights. But, you know, in reality, we're not as strong as we used to be. I know for me personally, I'm not as strong as I was in my 20s and 30s. Uh, That could be because I don't work out as much, but it also, part of it is just age. You know, muscles just don't develop like they used to. This next part of the sentence, the end of that I just read, it says, when the grinders cease. It's actually a reference to to teeth. Um, And interestingly enough, Solomon, um, teeth are one of those things that in horses that people check. And as horses grow older, right, they grind down and they can't eat the same way. You can check with someone that has horses to make sure of that. But even in our own lives, right, our teeth, they grind down. We tend to lose some here and there. Uh, Cavities, we don't take care of them the way we should. Um, but they just wear down. Now, I can still eat a steak, don't worry. And I think I'll always be able to eat lobster. Lobster's nice and soft. But that's part of it. Part of growing old is our, our teeth. They, they don't hold up. They start to, to get brittle. They break down. Um, the windows, our eyes, again, talking about our sight. Verse 4 says, When the doors in the street are closed, and the sound of the grinding fades, men rise up at the sound of birds. But their songs grow faint. Again, our, our hearing, right? Our hearing doesn't, it gets affected as we get older. You know, sometimes we damage that when we were young. We don't, we don't put on sound protective. Um, but our hearing, we don't hear as well. That's one of those other things that comes with age. Lack of hearing. Some of you wives are, are, are nodding right now because your husband doesn't hear. That's a listening problem, not a hearing problem. Um, but as we get older, it is harder to hear. And so Solomon's right from that. Again, these are all things that come with age. And as we get older and older, um, these things start to crop up as problems in our lives. Um, verse 5 says, Men are afraid of heights and dangers in the street. Right? Heights, getting up on ladders. I was just sharing with someone, we were talking about trees. I was able to cut some trees this week out at Camp Jim, and I do pretty good off the ground and notching, and um, I don't push trees like I used to, and I'm a little bit more careful. Uh, But someone mentioned a tree that's leaning and that needs to be climbed up into and and cut off piece by piece, and I'm like, nope, not at this age. Uh, Getting up on ladders and with chainsaws, I just don't do that anymore. I just know the the hazards, and, and if I was to fall... Yeah, I'd end up in the hospital pretty seriously. It's just, it's just something you don't do. You know, maybe there's a little bit of wisdom there about climbing. Um, but there's also that fear of falling or that sudden stop that comes from that. So I could identify with that one, certainly. But also the dangers in the streets. We become more aware of things. Um, we also know that it's maybe harder to defend ourselves. And so there becomes some fears um, with those that are around us, the dangers. Again, part of growing old. This is really cool. I just learned this this week uh, in this verse 5. I had to do some research. But almond tree blossoms, right? Did you know that they are white and they don't stay out very long and then they fall? This is a reference most likely to our hair, gray hair, right? Now, Solomon in his wisdom in Proverbs, just so you know, that gray hair is not a bad thing. In fact, he says gray hair adorns the head of a righteous man. So gray hair is not bad. Now, some of you I know should have gray hairs, 
But for some reason, the color is a little bit different and it keeps changing. Although right now, not so much. Yes, there's a little more gray hair showing these days. But that's what the reference is, right? We tend to get grayer as we get older. And so you that dye your hair, that's up to you. But again, in the book of Solomon, it mentions this over and over again about the, the wisdom that comes with age. Interesting, the grasshopper drags itself along and desire no longer is stirred, right? Our energy, the things that we do, are the desires are, that we think we want to do something, but like oh, we kind of count the cost and say, all right, that may not be worth it, or that's just going to take too much energy. I, I don't want to bother with that. Um, it's beyond us. And then lastly here, it says, the man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. It's pretty sad, right? You know, again, Solomon's reflecting. It's like, whew, you know, getting old is not easy. But getting old is hard to take. You know, watching ourselves deteriorate, watching ourselves decline, or watching another person, an older person decline, things that they lose. This could be pretty depressing if we thought about it too long and we stayed there. But again, this is someone who's reflecting on his life. And the contrast to that is to, to take advantage of those things when we're young, to hold on to them, to, to value them more. He goes on in that same vein. Verse 6 it says, Remember him before the silver cord is severed, or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, or the wheel broken at the well. The dust returns to ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. This is kind of the, he kind of wraps up this thought here. And some um, authors think this is maybe the close of the book. And then the next part is added on as uh, scholars wanted to clarify his ending. Because uh, certainly that would be an abrupt ending. But if we go back to, to verse 6. He's talking about the, the silver cord and the wheel that's broken. He's really talking about the, the, fragile, the fragileness of life, how fragile it really is. That it doesn't take much for the body just to, to completely break down. Yet he mentions the, the gold and the silver. Life has value, right? Life is precious. It means a lot. But yet it's very fragile doesn't take much, right? A disease or um, an illness or a virus can render it pretty quickly. And again, even in that time, Solomon sees that, and he's referring to those things, that how precious life is, but it's also very fragile as well. But yet, dust to dust, right? Quite often this is used in, in funerals, dust to dust. Again, remember, he started this off with, remember our Creator, Right? God breathed into us, but we were just dirt. And we returned to that. I love what he puts in the verse 7, though. There's some hope in that, right? It's not just we live for now and that's it. We die and we're done. But yet our spirit returns to God. Even, even Solomon at that time, now we have a little bit more scripture than Solomon has to work with. And we have more time and we know about Jesus. And, but even he realized there was a difference between our body and our spirit, right? And today we have the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the hope of the resurrection. We just celebrated Easter a few weeks ago and that reminder and that hope that we have. 
that this world is not all there is. This would be pretty bleak if not. If you're looking at these, this passage as like through an, the eyes of an unbeliever, man, how depressing would that be? How hard would that to be? To, how hard would that to be to take? Our bodies just break down. We we get old and we die. And if we ended with this verse, meaningless, right? It's all meaningless. Again, this is the wisest man, and he's saying it's all foolishness. Another word is it, it doesn't matter in the end. But it does matter. It matters how we look at things, it matters how we live, it matters what we do, especially to God. So out of his frustration here, Solomon wraps up this part. And again, he's accumulating all this this knowledge, but that's not what's important. God is the one that's important. And we'll see that in his conclusion here. And so as we're we're shifting here to the end, and like I said, these verses may have been added later on by scholars. Uh, They're no less inspired. Um, Or Solomon may have come back and and inscribed these himself as to kind of wrap up this section. But there's definitely a pause here and there's a change in the writing uh, in this conclusion. So verse 9 goes on and says, Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. Again, this is why scholars think this was written, because it kind of steps out of the, the teacher himself, Solomon, and like someone's writing back to him and saying, hey, this is what he did, right? And Solomon, we know Solomon did impart wisdom. He not only made decisions on uh, national affairs, people would come to him with questions, but he imparted knowledge by writing things down. We have the whole book of Proverbs, 31 chapters of Proverbs. We have Song of Solomon. We have Ecclesiastes. We have other things that Solomon wrote. He even wrote a a few of the Psalms. And we have those as things to hold on to. And again, they're based in knowledge. Things that are to be true. Not always promises, but principles. Good things to follow. So Solomon ruled his reign justly. He also ruled it with wisdom. Again, he was very smart. Verse 11, he says, The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. It's an interesting sentence here in verse 11 uh, and 12 as you, you kind of pull them together. And again, we have to kind of go back in history a little bit because goads is not a word that we use today. Uh, it's an interesting word, and um, it's one of those things that if you, you have to be in an agricultural society, and, and basically it was a, a tool that was used for working with animals. Uh, and it would have a sharp point on the end, uh, especially with cattle, to move them along, to, to keep them in line. It was a correction tool. But it also was a kind of like a prodder. It would prod you forward. Um, Certainly, uh, it would be one of those things that you would use sparingly. But you would to, to help keep things in line, to keep things moving. And so the words of the wise are like that, right? We, we should be gaining some knowledge as we go forward. As the years go by, we should be striving to remain teachable. 
kind of like that word a little bit better, remaining teachable, that we always want to strive to keep learning. But we also don't want to forget that the foundation is God's word. That's the ultimate truth. Interesting here, too, he talks about the, the shepherd, given by one shepherd. And I believe here in the scripture, and uh, many scholars do as well, that it's God that he's talking about. That we, we check back with God. God, is this truth? We can certainly check his word. We have the Holy Spirit inside. Is this truth? Is this the wisdom that I need to seek after? Give me guidance. Verse 12 there with the warning says, Be warned, my son, on anything in addition to them. Right? It's not God's word plus. It's not the Holy Spirit plus. My opinion doesn't really matter. What does God's word say? And there's, there's a whole message that I could do on that alone, but there's a caution here about not adding too much. And I'm not saying not to read other writings, but we have to be careful when we hold it in value. Uh, if we hold it equal to God's word, that's not true. Many of you have been watching The Chosen, and I've been asked about it, and, and I watched a little bit of it as well. And uh, PJ um, took some time, and it's a really good series, and it's, it's a lot of truth in it, but it is fiction. And they've added some things to it. Now, it's a good, good movie, good series um, from a historical standpoint. But again, it, it doesn't usurp God's word. And I'm not saying it's heresy at all, but look at it through that lens. It is fiction with some truth in it. And so just be warned of those things. And I think that warning applies today as it did back then, that we have to be careful that we don't put things ahead of God's word goes on in verse 11, it says, Of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Right? It's tiring. It takes work to study. You that are in school and you've just graduated, you know that. You've spent the last four years or six years or how many years that you've been in school. Many of you have reached a, a, a pinnacle right now. You've graduated from high school or college. Congratulations, by the way. Job well done. I know this has been a tough year for graduations, but good job. But you know what? It took effort. It took energy. And it was tiring, I'm sure, many times. A lot of late-night studying. A lot of reading books. But good job. And so Solomon makes reference here to that. Studying gets tiring. And finally, verse 13 and 14. And I want to highlight those because this kind of wraps up not only this chapter, but wraps up the whole book in itself. It says, now all that's been heard, here is the conclusion to the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. I want to underline that. And again, this kind of gives you the theme of the book, but it also kind of boils it all down for us, right? Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. And that fear God, it's used in the Old Testament, fear God, but it's more of a, a out of respect, recognizing who God is. I used to think when I was a, a new Christian that, that fear of God, that if I did something wrong, that God was going to strike me down with a lightning bolt. Right? Or he's going to swoosh me like a bug. No, that's not what it's talking about here. That, that fear is out of a reverence, an awe. 
Sadly, I think we've lost some of that today, and we, we need that in, in today's generation as well, that, that healthy respect of God, of who he is, right? Solomon mentioned in this chapter, right, the creator. He created us. He's in control of us. He's in control of everything around us. And so give him that respect. Give him that praise. Also, he says he'll keep his commandments, right? That's his word, God's word. Not only the written part of it, but the heart of it as well. Remember Jesus' teaching as we've gone through the Gospels, that he took it beyond just the written word, but the heart, the motivation, why we do what we do. You talk about that, the, the lust of the eye. And again, the thoughts, our thought life. Keeping those commandments, keeping from sinning is important. Those are the things that God's going to look at. It's our duty. Interesting word here. It's the duty of man. Again, man here is referring to mankind. It's not an option, right? It's our duty. As created beings, as believers in Jesus Christ, it's our duty to obey. It's a hard word, obey, right? We rebel against that. We, it's not in our nature. It's certainly not in our sinful nature. But bringing it back under God. Why? Because God's going to judge it. It says in verse 14, it says, bring every deed unto judgment, including even the hidden things, whether it's good or evil. Right? He's going to look at it impartiality. He's going to look at it knowing the heart. He's going to make the judgment, whether it was really good or it was evil. And only God can do that. He has a perspective that we don't have. That's why it says that we're not to judge others, because we can't. We're incapable of judging other people. We don't have the tools. We don't have the the insight. But God does. Interesting here, he even talks about those hidden things, right? We think quite often that we, we sin, that nobody sees it. It's our own little rebellious, or that we get away with it. But certainly we know through Scripture, God talks about it. He knows. He sees everything. And again, he judges the motivations. And so with that in mind, that should help us in how we live and in what we do. As I quite often like to say, it does matter once we become believers on what we do. God cares how we live our lives. Are we God-centered or are we world-centered? Again, that's the, the top of this text and the whole chapter in itself. How do we view God and how do we live our lives with that in mind? So I want to leave you with a few questions here at the end, something to think about. Hopefully you can study this out a little bit more this week. But maybe this will will help you as you think of Solomon and his wise counsel. It's counsel that's for us today. Interestingly enough, and sadly, uh, the commentary on Solomon, even though he was really wise, he made a mess of his life. He didn't take his own advice. Again, he's looking back on his life and saying, I've made some wrong choices. I've not followed God's commands. So even with wisdom, we still can make mistakes. We don't focus on God. But here's the question I want to leave with you today. A couple of questions. So how are you choosing to live? Again, it's our choice. We can choose to fall after the world and those things that don't satisfy, satisfy us. Or we can choose God. So how are you living? Are you God-centered or world-centered? Number two, in light of that question, 
follow-up question would be, what changes are necessary? What do you need to change so that you become more God-focused? You know, we quite often have to make adjustments in our lives. How do I get more focused on God? Some good questions to be asked. And then lastly, in light of all that, how does that line up with God's word? Are you obeying what God has already laid down for us? Are you following the Holy Spirit's leading? Again, some tough questions to to answer, but it's so very helpful. And I think in light of what we've just read, time is short, right? We, as we get older, we don't have the ability to do what we did when we were younger. And we are, unless the Lord returns soon, going to die. And it does matter to God how we live. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your words, your words of wisdom. We're thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit, which guides and directs us. Lord, help us to be focused on you. Help us to get rid of those things that distract us or take us away. Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you give us and your grace on our lives. Lord, continue to your work in and through your people and throughout your body. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.